It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Access Atlanta shares the best things to do, see, eat, and experience in Atlanta. We'll bring you the stories that make our city one of a kind and take you behind the scenes in a town where we create movies, music, and art that's making waves around the world. Every week, we'll share with you some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. Join us and let us be your guide to a city that we know best. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison, and this week I'm here once again with one of my favorite and most frequent guests, <laughs> Melissa Ruggieri. I'm glad I'm one of your favorites since I am one of your most frequent. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know, Melissa writes about music, all things music for us here at the AJC. And this week we're here to talk about something um, that is uh, very, very Georgia. Um, <laughs> The Almond Brothers and Macon. Yes. Um, she was recently down there. And, of course, uh, we recently had an anniversary and there are some other events and things like that. So tell us a little bit about it. Well, this is technically the 50th anniversary celebration year for the Almond Brothers. 69 right. was really when they formed. But right. they're looking at 70 as the start. And this is when they're going to have um, the big celebration. They're doing it at Madison Square Garden in New York on March 10th. Why New York, you ask? Well, because <laughs> the band considered New York itself second home for yeah. performing. I mean, they did the thing at the Beacon every year. Right. And, I was going to say that it's usually at the Beacon. It, is usually at the Beacon. And yeah. when I when I went down to the big house in Macon, which is what we're going to talk about, but, um, you know, I, I asked the guy who's the, the director there, why? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. why didn't they do this somewhere in Atlanta or whatever? And he said, you know, we would have done the Beacon, but we'd be there for nine shows. So yes. they just wanted to have a big arena show and they figured doing it at Madison Square Garden would be the most appropriate place to do it. Right. And, you know, the show is just about sold out in case if you want to get on a plane <laughs> and head up yeah. to New York, I'm going to be there to cover it. And it's really the remaining members. You know, it'll be Warren Haynes, Derek Trucks, Otil Burbridge, Dwayne Trucks, Chuck Lavelle, J-Mo, and Mark Quinones. And don't expect there aren't going to be a lot of guests or anything like that. I asked about that. They said, nope, yeah. they're just going to get out there. They're going to pay tribute to the band's music for, you know, the 50 years and play everything. So right. it should be interesting. And it, the, based on just a handful of the people I met while I was at the big house in Macon, I can only imagine what the rabid fan level is going to be of the yeah. people who are going to be at this Madison Square Garden show. Because right. these are diehards. I mean, these are people who just want 
to relive the music because you can't bring that band back. I mean, it's just yeah. it, obviously you can't. And now that we've lost Greg, that was really the the last figurehead of yeah. the Allman Brothers band. But still, you know, you got what you got. <laughs> and these yeah. guys are amazing musicians. And, you know, it'll be really cool to hear their take on some of the songs and how they stretch them into jams. And Chuck Lavelle, of course, is another, right. you know, Georgia institution. There's also a 50th anniversary box set that has just come out. So yeah. if you can't make it to the concert, but you want to have your own little celebration in your house with the Allman Brothers, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and buy the box set. And that's an easy way to do it. Yeah. So. yeah. But the big house, you know, I'd never gone. And I had been to Rose Hill Cemetery. I went for Greg's funeral, actually. Mm-hmm. And then I went back a few months ago when I was up there, down there, over there, <laughs> for the Capricorn Records reopening studios. And, I, you know, the day I went back in December, it was a beautiful sunny day. And I'm so glad I went that day because when I just went to Macon last week, it was not a beautiful sunny day yeah. at all. And I was able to see what they've done at Rose Hill, what the area where Greg was buried. Yep. They've really turned it into, and Dwayne was there too. Yes. They've really turned it into a, you know, a congregation spot for fans. And they had to do something because not that anybody was desecrating the grave sites, but, you know, you have a ton of fans coming from yeah. all around the world who just trample on things. Just it just, traffic, it just, yeah. it just happens, you know. No, it's yeah. not, there's no malicious intent. But so they've actually cordoned off this really cool area that's surrounded by fencing and up, you know, lifted up on bricks. And Greg is there. Dwayne is there. Barry Gordy's there. And they've also moved Butch Trucks's ashes there mm-hmm. because he was not there previously. Right. And there is room for more. Greg, Greg had purchased that whole plot of land uh, many, many years ago because his his thought was like the whole family could be there. So right. currently it's the Allman Brothers band family that, right. that's there. So, you know, and it's very easy. You just park down by the train tracks and walk up the hill and you'll see you can't miss it yeah. <laughs> if you happen to want to go check it out. Everybody there is very nice. They will direct you to where you need to go yeah. to find it. All you have to do is just look at them quizzically and say almonds <laughs> and they'll say yeah go down park by the train tracks go yeah. up the hill so that's worth going to see i mean you can really easily make a day of going to macon and just doing almond brothers band type of stuff sure and if you haven't been to the big house you know if you live in metro atlanta it's about a 90 minute drive without traffic it's a little longer <laughs> coming back in the afternoon yeah. and you hit the atlanta downtown traffic but you know put aside 90 minutes to two hours to get down there the um the house so it's it's on vineville avenue and if you're familiar with Macon, you know that everything is really kind of on top of everything in Macon. It's not a very big little city. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a small town, really. And I drove by it twice. Yeah. <laughs> My GPS is like, you've arrived. No, I haven't. It's, it's just a house. I mean, and, yeah. when the, and when the gates are open, the gates have a, a mushroom on the front that, you know, has an Almond Band Brothers message, Almond Brothers Band message on it. But when the gates are open and it's pouring rain, <laughs> you, really, you miss it. You yeah. kind of miss it. But it, it's, it's, it's very unassuming. But, you know, it's the house that they lived in. It's been there since 1906 is when the house was built. Mm-hmm. The band bought it in or the band moved in, in in like the early 70s. And Greg and Dwayne lived there for only about six months, actually. But right. it really became the communal hub. Mm-hmm. And it's where Government Mule formed years later when Warren Haynes was there. And yep. It's just been sort of a site for, for you, yeah. know, you know, it's been the museum since 2009. It is a nonprofit organization that runs it. And it's about 20 rooms in the house. And, you know, every room is just filled with stuff. And yeah. <laughs> it's stuff that you're not going to see other places. Like one of the coolest things that they had was, I don't know if you remember last summer, they sold Dwayne's gold top Les Paul, the one that he played on Layla. Yes. It sold for $1.25 million. Wow. But the guy who bought it, and I know it's a guy because that was confirmed, yeah. <laughs> but the guy who bought it agreed to allow the museum to have it on site for six months out of the year, and then he would have it in his possession for six months out of the huh. year. So when I was there, it was on display. 
However, they're taking it to New York. Derek is going to play it during this oh, wow. anniversary concert. Yeah. And then I believe this guy lives in New York because the the way I was told it was that they're going to pass it off to him when they're in New York. Right. For his six months turn huh. <laughs> for his his you know child support. Right. <laughs> of, that's... of having the guitar in his possession <laughs> for six months. So that's a that's a nice chunk of change to spend on yeah, the guitar. But, yeah. But it's a really cool thing to see you know even behind the glass case because you you know that's the thing like you you walk in there and. And you just start thinking of all the history that is behind, you know, one of Greg's organs or, mm-hmm. the, you know, musician, other other instruments that are there. Right. Of course, for me, I think I was most excited when we walk into one of the main rooms and there's a giant pool table that takes up the majority of the room that Greg and Cher owned. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I get to touch the pool table that Cher once <laughs> 50 years ago. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's OK. And, you know, there's lots of stuff like, you know, um, Dwayne wrote a letter to a friend about a session he just had with Aretha Franklin. And, yeah. you know, again, these were days when people wrote letters. And, right. And these guys wrote a lot from the road. I mean, they were writing back home to wives and girlfriends and, you know, friends or whatever. And fortunately, people kept this memorabilia. You know, yeah. I mean, they just kept it tucked away in a drawer and who knew that one day it would be part yeah. of something like a museum. But, um, you know, lots of things like canceled checks. And when you see how much they got paid for certain things, right. it's always funny <laughs> to see there's this like $100 royalty check or, right. <laughs> or whatever. You know, lots of instruments, lots of clothing articles, stuff like that. Um, I did talk to this one nice gentleman was there with he and his friend and their wives. They're from upstate New York. And he's wearing his Allman Brothers T-shirt and his Allman Brothers cap and everything. And they were they visit they they stay in Hilton Head for like one month I guess in the summer I mean in the winter. Mm-hmm. So they were staying in Hilton Head. And he said this was a total bucket list thing for me. He said I never missed a Beacon show run. Not that he went to every Beacon show, but right. every year he would go to at least one Beacon show for as long as they had been doing it there. And his his whole like dream <laughs> was to come to the big house. Right. And it was really cute that he showed me his ticket. He had his ticket stub in his pocket that he pulled out. And I can't remember. I think it was like 1976. And it was like torn in half. And it was one of those tickets that cost like $4 at the time or whatever. And, you know, we were talking about that. And then I saw them right as they were getting ready to leave. And he actually gave it to the museum director to put under the pool table. There's a a, there's a piece of glass over it. And so under that were all like photos and other pieces of memorabilia. So he Uh wanted to leave his ticket as just part of the memorabilia. Oh, wow. And that's what's kind of cool about it is that part of the stuff that's there you know, came from the bands, families, the bands, yeah. whatever. And then part of the stuff are things that fans have donated over the years, like yeah. historical little artifacts, like, you know, a ticket stub from the 1970s. Huh. And, you know, again, if you're a fan of any band, you're going to be more fascinated by this sure. kind of stuff than, than if you're not. But, you know, as someone who learned a lot more about the Allman Brothers after moving here than yeah. I had known previously, you know, of course, you know, their, their history and their importance in Southern rock. But, you know, I've gained a new appreciation for them living in Atlanta. But, it, you know, it was just cool to to see some of this stuff. They, You know, when you go upstairs, it's Dwayne's bedroom. And yeah. they haven't recreated the way Dwayne had it when he lived right. there for however, you know, he wasn't there that much because they were on the road all the time. Right. And then Barry's bedroom, you know, across the hall. And, you right. know, I mean, just little things like that. And, again, you kind of have to stop and take it in for a minute and go, yeah, you know, this is, you know, here's the kitchen where where I think it was uh, – um, 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 Dickie wrote Ramblin' Man. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, you stand in the kitchen and you go, yeah, you could kind of picture Dickie sitting at this old table <laughs> writing <laughs> Ramblin' Man. And it was just a, a small place that, 
you know, again, it's just a house on a street, <laughs> totally yeah. nondescript at the time. It was just a place where everybody lived. I, I did kind of wonder what did the neighbors think then. <laughs> yeah. Who knew like what music was coming out of that house at all right. hours? And, Although I'm sure but, it was a very different. I mean, the yes. way neighborhoods change. You know, that was, that's true. That was 50 years ago. It so. was. I know. I know. And you know, when you walk up to the house, they do have a little stage area outside that they said you know they'll they'll do occasional shows and and benefits stuff like that right. because you know it is a nonprofit. So they only have a few people on staff. The rest are volunteers who yeah. work there. So any any type of donations, they're always happy to take because you know they got to function. They got they got they get about twenty thousand visitors a year, right. which you know, and they come from all over. Um, the director said so. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean like Canada. I think he, I think he said the first visitors they had when it opened were from Canada. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they get European visitors. Sure, sure it's yeah people yeah. who come from all over. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. just like you know this this group of friends from upstate New York that yeah. you know the the wives are very patiently sitting in the gift shop waiting for them right. to kind of walk through and see everything. Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 an interesting day trip. Um, you know, it would probably take you about 45 minutes to an hour to get through everything. I yeah. think I was there longer just because, you know, I had a lot of questions to ask about stuff. Sure, of course. But, but if you're just going for the day and then, you know, either before or after, you could head over to the cemetery and see what's going on there with the with the new area they have set up for for the guys in their final resting spots. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if this concert at the Garden winds up coming out on you know dvd or right. something something that you yeah. can watch it afterward because there are a lot of people who can't make it mm-hmm. and would want to see it and, yeah um yeah so but make yeah. sure i do have a story running about the big house so please make right. sure to check that out on the music scene blog and then i will be at the concert covering that on march 10th so keep an eye out for that review I right. Guess. <laughs> right so yeah so there's plenty of things that, that you can do that are almond related and and one thing I, I just wanted to check because I couldn't remember for sure, but just next year mm-hmm. it will be the 50th anniversary of Dwayne's death. Oh gosh, that's right. So yeah, yeah. I imagine that that they'll be doing something. That was October yes. of '71, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't be surprised if there's something going on then. Um, and uh, and they, Barry Oakley a not year long later, after that, about yeah. just over a year later, yeah. Um, so and three three blocks away, I yeah. Think was a you know, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So there are probably lots of uh, commemorations that'll be going on, and and you know, you can just go anytime. You can and check it and out in the studio, which we talked about. Check out an earlier podcast Capricorn Records that we did Capricorn Studios, the yeah. Capricorn Studios mm-hmm. down there. Um, so there's tons of stuff to do in Macon, and you can get yourself a new way wiener too. Oh. So, um, <laughs> the hot dogs are right. Yeah, yeah, they're great. So <laughs> I had, I did have to drive about four miles to find a Starbucks on my way out. Uh, <laughs> so, that might be a challenge. That's amazing. I know the fact that they had one. Yeah. I, I was looking on my Google Maps, like, is there a Starbucks? Well, I, you know, here they're they're across the street from each right, other. Right, like, exactly. We all joke about yeah, yeah, the, but uh, no, you know, it, it was down it was down by the college. It was uh, down yeah. by Westland, but. Um, you know, you could absolutely spend, you know, like take a day trip to Macon and, and do everything Southern Rock related. Mm-hmm. There's so much stuff down there to do now. And if, you know, if you haven't gotten down to Capricorn Studios, yeah, check out our earlier podcast about everything that you could see there. And they're, you know, that they're having events there pretty regularly. They're planning to coming up. Right. And the same with the big house. Like they, like you said, yeah, I mean, they'll probably have some kind of commemorative thing for, yeah. for Dwayne's anniversary. Yeah, and, this may, the whole, yeah, the whole 50th anniversary right. thing may just bleed right into right. the, you know. There's always things. something. Yeah, there's always something, <laughs> especially, you know, since it was so long ago now. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to think that that was 50 years that ago. That these milestones are now <laughs> coming upon us. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And, you know, lots of stuff about all the other bands that they were in prior to forming the Allman Brothers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the, all the old records from them, too. So 
So, you right. know, even if you're really a, an Allman Brothers historian, <laughs> yeah. this is the place where you're going to be able to see all that stuff that you're not really going to get to see anyplace else. So, yeah. yeah, it's a cool place. Yeah. Check it out. Awesome. So, so come come to AJC.com and uh, check out Melissa's story in advance of uh, the show in New York. And also, she'll be there at the show reviewing. Um, or are you reviewing the yeah, show? Or yeah, I'm covering the show. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, um, and, you know, just check our art. We've, we've got uh, our, the Capricorn Studios podcast in the archive. Um, Melissa also did a story on that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got lots of things like that on the Allman Brothers, uh, all sorts of other great music tidbits there on the music <laughs> scene blog. So um, check that all out. And thanks a lot, Melissa. Sure. And uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing you again <laughs> yes. very soon. Always a pleasure. <laughs> uh, thanks. <laughs> You'll find more than 250 of the country's most talented contemporary craft artists at Cobb Galleria Center this Friday through Sunday, March 13th through the 15th, as the American Craft Council returns to Atlanta. The American Craft Show is a selective juried event featuring one-of-a-kind items, including jewelry, apparel, textiles, furniture, decor, and more. Among the jurors for this show is Phil Sanders, founder of Atlanta's Citizen Supply. The American Craft Show is happening at the Cobb Galleria Center, March 13th through the 15th. Tickets are $12 in advance and $13 after March 12th. Admission is $5 after 5 p.m. Friday only and free for ages 12 and younger. Find out more at craftcouncil.org Atlanta. March 12th marks the return of National Public Radio's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me to the Fox Theater. The Peabody Award-winning comedy news quiz show will take the stage with host Peter Sagal and announcer Bill Curtis, along with three folks from the show's rotating band of celebrity panelists. Join the fun as Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me puts its own hilarious spin on the news of the week at 7.30 p.m. March 12th at the Fox Theater. Tickets are $39.50 to $129.50, and they're available at foxtheater.org. I've heard some folks say they don't like brunch, but what's not to like? If you like breakfast and you like lunch, and who doesn't, you should love brunch. And now that weekend meal has its own festival. The Atlanta Brunch Festival is happening at Atlantic Station on Saturday, March 7th from noon until 4 p.m. If chicken and waffles and shrimp and grits are your thing, you'll be in heaven. But there will be lots more on the menu from the more than 50 participating restaurants and vendors. Of course, there will be mimosas and Bloody Marys, along with beer and wine, but you'll get a better idea of what's on the menu at atlantabrunchfestival.com. There are a couple of ticket levels depending on what you want. Bottomless drink tickets are $50 to $60. Food tastes will still cost extra though. Or you can spring for the early entry tickets for $70 to $80. In addition to unlimited drinks and four food tickets, you get to enter the festival an hour early at 11 a.m. That's the Atlanta Brunch Festival, Saturday, March 7th at Atlantic Station. Get more info at atlantabrunchfestival.com. Bright yellow forsythias are among the most welcome blooms of the year because they're often the first harbingers of spring. You know that warmer weather is on the way when the forsythia appears. And what better place to celebrate these colorful bushes than Forsyth, Georgia? The Forsythia Festival happens every year during the second weekend in March in downtown Forsyth. The Forsythia Festival happens every year during the second week in March in downtown Forsyth. It's about an hour south of Atlanta. It's a free two-day event that includes an arts and crafts show, a children's fair, a 5K run, 
live entertainment, and more. One of the highlights is sure to be the Forsythia Pancake Breakfast, hosted by the Boy Scouts of Troop 51. Score a stack of flapjacks from 7 a.m. until 10 a.m. on Saturday, March 14th. The meal costs $8 per person and proceeds benefit the Boy Scouts. The Forsythia Festival happens Saturday, March 14th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday, March 15th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Get all the info at ForsythiaFestival.com. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith. Podcast edited by Bria Felicien. Music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guen. And I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.